What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, Brandon Scott, host of Kickback Conversations. We got a special edition. We have a special edition today. I think you're going to love it. I'm, I am excited to be here with you. This is Love Week. <laughs> so I know Valentine's Day is one of the most controversial days, weeks of the year. I love it because my birthday comes right before it. You feel me? You know? Um, that's why I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter, but I fight for those I love. You feel me? But no, um, I'm here today because today's episode is basically ask a dating and relationship coach question. And I'm a dating and relationship coach. <laughs> so I'm here to field questions. You guys have been hitting me up in my inbox nonstop about different questions. And certain questions I felt like would be good for everybody to be able to hear and kind of like just understand what, you know, what's going on. So here we're going to just go ahead and jump right in with question number one. So this person says, and this is Tia from DC. Shout out Tia from DC. Um, friend of the pod, I guess. Um, a 2004 study conducted by psychology professors from George Mason University and the Arizona State University showed that when a relationship is on an increasingly shaky ground, a, a disappointing Valentine's Day can be the final nail in the coffin. Yikes. So Tia asks, will there be hurt feelings if you don't celebrate the day with someone that you're talking to but not yet in an exclusive relationship with? Uh, Tia, you are really going in on this one. So let's, let's go right, right into it. All right. So will, so I'm, I'll read the question again. Question one is, will there be hurt feelings if you don't celebrate the day with someone that you're talking to, but not yet in a relationship with? Here's my advice. I think the first thing you have to do is set the expectation of what both of you guys want, right? So you can't say, oh, I just, you know, it's cool if we don't do anything or whatever like that. But if you're, you know, dating somebody and you're just talking to them, but you're not exclusive, then there, it should be any expectation about what Valentine's Day has to, has to offer. Now, here's a caveat. For years, even when I was not dating anyone, I didn't have an exclusive committed relationship at that time, I still tried to look out for my mom and my sister. As a man, I feel like love should not just only be about, oh, if I'm dating somebody, and if, if then I'm dating somebody, then whatever. Like, yo, look out for your mom. Look out for your sister. You know, buy them something nice. Buy them something that makes them smile and happy and whatever. It will give you the opportunity to really, you know, hunker down and understand what, you know, um, that, you, that, that love should always be given, period. You know, it should be something that you definitely want to do with that person that you you ultimately you know get with but by treating the women in your life currently a certain way it really really helps you um get into good habits and good practice so to answer your question tia i don't feel like the expectation is if you're dating somebody and you know you're with someone and you're just kind of you know kicking it that you're supposed to do something for valentine's day but it doesn't mean that you can't do something for valentine's day right so if you guys want to do something special, you want to go out to eat, you want to, hey, I, hey, let's go and do this or do that, or go listen to some music, you're, you're definitely entitled to do that. 
but there should not be an expectation that that's something that you have to do, right? So everybody good with that? All right, cool. The second part of her question is, is it wrong to celebrate the day with each of the people you're currently dating, i.e. lunch with Sarah and dinner with, dinner with Tasha? Woo! Man, y'all about to get me in trouble. <laughs> so, uh, real quick story. Um, when I was in my early 20s, I was and I had a committed relationship and I thought it would be nice to do different things for different people and said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna hook some people up with some stuff. So I sent out like five different gifts of different young ladies that I knew and I was cool with. We weren't exclusive, but we were kind of like talking, da, 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 whatever. Turns out <laughs> that one of the young ladies I sent it to uh, her cousin, or like, not cousin, but like a play cousin, was actually another young lady who I did not know. So, it, it backfired on your boy. So, I would say that it's not wrong to celebrate the day um, with people that you're currently dating. Um, I don't know if you want to, you know, go out on three, four, five dates, and all that, kind of thing, that kind of thing. Um, but I feel like that, you know, it can get a little sticky when it comes to, you know, how you want to how you want to move with that um so dinner and <laughs> it sounds like somebody that that sounds more like a player move to me um i think um you know i think valentine's day historically has been about somebody that you're really feeling and that you're really um in tune with so i think it might be disingenuous to to go out with multiple people in the same day um it might be confusing too that both tasha and sarah in this scenario think that they are in a deeper um, connection with you than that they really aren't. So I think, you know, let's, let's pump the brakes on that one, all right? But I want you guys to comment in the comments in the post to see what you think. Um, okay, question number two. All right, we about to get into this, y'all. I'm excited. We know that Cupid is a myth, but what about love at first sight? Is it possible to know that they are the one soon after meeting or is it just a superficial feeling that will fail the test of time? Woo! So this is a great one because I feel like a lot of people like watch the show, um, what's it called? Married at First Sight, right? So that means that you meet the person for the first time and you marry them. Like that's a big undertaking. Like, whoa, you, you just met them and you're like, yo, we don't have a full marriage. And you trust the relationship experts from the show and so forth, that that's going to be it, that they did their homework, and that's going to be a great connection for you both. Your boy can never be on that show. Because this is, it, to me, I think there's too many nuanced pieces when it comes to a marriages and that you just can't predict, you know? What if I'm somebody who really loves perfume, but the person that I'm dating is allergic to perfume? Like, that might know me for the rest of my life. Or maybe, like, I can't put on cologne because she's allergic. You know, I dated somebody like that. She was taking airways out of my wall at home and everything. Like, I could never wear a cologne. I had to change my soaps and, you know, everything. It was it was a lot, you know. So I just say that, you know, going back to the question, I feel like, you know, love at first. I don't know if love at first sight is one of those things that can, uh, is real. But I do believe in connection at first sight. I feel like there's certain people that you just, instantly see and you're like wow there's an intriguing thing about them and you want to know more um and then as you spend time with them you just connect with that person in a in a really really rich way 
So I think that's something that, you know, can happen. Um, there, there can be that really like strong vibe and strong connection um, in that first meeting that it feels like you've known that person forever. Um, but I feel like, you know, ultimately, you know, love is not a feeling, it's a choice. So I think it's something that you have to really dissect and say, hey, is it something that um, I'm growing to love this person, I'm growing to get to know this person and that kind of thing. So I don't know if love is first sight, but I believe a connection or a vibe, you know, there's a certain vibe you get that's a, that's, a, um, that's great. Because we get those negative vibes too. Where we have people that we see or meet and it's just a negative vibe. And we're like, man, I don't want to be around that person. They, that person just seems like somebody I don't want to be around. So I think that, that exists. All right. So thank you for those questions. Uh, next question is from Marie from LA. Okay. LA in the building. We got some LA, LA uh, uh, kickback conversation crew uh, listeners. So Marie writes, are common law marriages an equally acceptable and more financially resp responsible alternative? Whew, it's a heavy question, right? I believe that common law marriages, um, you know, a lot of people do them right now. You know, they, they say, we're going to live together, we're committed, um, and that kind of thing. But I believe that marriage is not only something that you get a paper for, for. I believe that marriage is also from God, right? So it's a covenant relationship that you're entering into. Um, when you make that covenant commitment, there's something on the line. I feel like many times with common law marriage, and I've seen this happen where people are, you know, together for 12, 13 years in the same house, but they're not married. It's much easier for the person to walk away. You know, I'm not saying it's, it's not um, easy for people to walk away from marriage, but it's, it's much easier in a common law situation. Um, I feel like when you get married and you go before man and God, family, friends, and so forth, then you make vows, you make a commitment. You go through pre-marriage pre counseling. Hopefully, you went through pre-engagement counseling and all of those different things, those steps. It's a lot more investment that you're, you're putting into marriage. Um, and then there are certain cultures that I've learned that you have to bring a dowry. You have to do certain things in order for uh, the family to accept or, you know, the tradition of you getting married. So I feel like... Um, Common law, you know, I don't know. You're not getting no skin in the game, man. Come on, get no skin in the game, you know? Make this thing official. And I feel like with a lot of um, young ladies as well, women, it's it's a thing where, you know, they're with their girlfriends everywhere, and those girlfriends are married, and that man made a commitment to her. That man actually said, you know, he got down on one knee, he planned the engagement, he went to counseling with her, all that, all those different steps. And she living with a common law brother, and he ain't done none of that, you know? So... I would never want to put my woman in a position to not feel um, adequate or, or not feel like she's worthy of being a wife. And I think that's something that we have to definitely consider. So I'm not a fan person of common law marriage. I'm a fan of the real thing, real marriage, um, where you can, you guys uh, make that commitment and there's a series of steps to getting you to a better place. So that's my two cents on that. Great question, Marie, LA. Shout out, you know, y'all out there. All right, got, got LeBron, but it doesn't look good. You know, we'll, we'll see. All right, um, question number four comes from um, Tyreka from Detroit. Okay, Tyreka, what's up? In Detroit, what up, though? All right. She asks, what's the balance of vulnerability um, and guarding your heart while dating for men and for women? Wow, okay. 
What's the balance of vulnerability and, and guarding your heart while dating for men and for women? So, I think that um, what I've always learned about guarding your heart is, you know, you are to guard your heart and everything like that. But once you enter into a relationship, um, a healthy relationship is when a, the other person actually guards your heart, right? You know, it's almost like a physical or or like a, a thing where they actually like, you know, I've always thought of it like if I'm dating somebody, I'm literally holding her heart in my hand. And her heart can actually um, suffer damage by decisions I make that would not be good for her. You know, so that's kept me out of some some situations or things that, you know, would not be positive. So I would say um, while you're dating, though, I feel like um, it's, it's great to be vulnerable and open um, as you feel comfortable and expressing that. So sometimes people feel way more comfortable early on. Sometimes it takes a little bit a little bit of time for somebody to become comfortable and being vulnerable. But I think part of you being vulnerable, and I know um, you know Brene Brown, she has a great um, TED talk on this about how vulnerability is a strength. You know, we sometimes look at it as a weakness. I'm opening myself up to somebody and telling them this and that. But vulnerability is actually a strength. You know, when you're able to, first of all, it, it shows that you have thought a thought about something. You self self accept. You, you, you assess yourself <laughs> and understanding like where you are, where you're coming from and saying, hey, these are some of the things that, um, that I'm, I'm working on. These are some things I've been through. Um, these are some, some things I'm, I'm passionate about. These are some things I don't know about. Um, I, I definitely feel like um, while you're dating somebody, as you're, you're getting comfortable, it, you, know, you should definitely you know, become more vulnerable because true vulnerability is really who you are. And it's hard for somebody to date you if they don't know who you are, you know? So they're making the decision to not date you further based upon the fact that, you know, you haven't opened up, then you never know what that relationship could have been if you would have just opened up and become more vulnerable. So I think you're you're vulnerable, but as far as guarding your heart, guarding your heart sometimes can be something, a defense mechanism where we're just so scared to open up and we're like, oh my gosh, I can't open up, I can't let, them, let, let anybody in because they can hurt me. But we don't think of the, alt the alternative of that is we also might let somebody in who can help us. We also can let somebody in who can be a part of our experience that um, is tremendous. So I think definitely what you want to do is um, don't be afraid to be vulnerable, you know, and that vulnerability might actually help that other person become more vulnerable too. Like, wow, you told me that? I want to tell you more about this because um, nobody wants to be judged. Nobody wants to feel like, um, they're the only one in it that's actually, you know, telling what's going on. So I think that's something that we have to de definitely consider. All right. Good. Great question. Y'all y'all in y'all bag with these questions. All right. Number five. Um, this question is from, uh, see, was it Rhonda from Houston, Texas? Okay. Houston, Texas in the building. All right. Home of Beyonce. Shout out Beyonce. All right, Rhonda asks, what's the best way to deal with Valentine's Day rejection? Oof. What's the best day to deal with Valentine's Day rejection? So this question assumes that, I guess, somebody went, you know, just disappeared on you or did not ask you out on Valentine's or was like broken up with you. So there's a lot of different ways we can go with this. I'm assuming that we'll just go with the, the first one that somebody just um, was dating you and then all of a sudden they just disappeared on Valentine's. I've heard that a lot. 
Like right before Valentine's, brother just conveniently have to work overtime. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they don't want to go out. They don't want to spend no money or whatever. Get you a gift or whatever. I think that's a good thing. Because it's not a good thing in the moment, but it's a good thing because it tells you that that person is not serious about long term, a long term commitment with you. If they just go ghost on you right before Valentine's Day and then magically reappear at the end of February, early March, then I think that that's that, that told you that showed you their character, and that's not somebody that you want to even deal with on any any level. So you always want information before you make a decision, and that's giving you valuable information. That, that person does not see themselves as um, being connected to you on that on that level or being in your life. Um, now, if uh, you're talking about rejection as far as somebody breaking up with you or or you know just like not wanting to go out with you, again, I think that's just telling you like they're not serious about it, you know. And maybe they have their own qualms about Valentine's Day or what it what it encompasses, what it means. But I think that you know we are all grown adults and we should handle ourselves accordingly. Um, to not reject people and, and just communicate with them and say, hey, I've had a bad experience for Valentine's Day. You know, my last ex, I did all this, and then she broke my heart. So you have to be open and let somebody in and let them know what you're kind of thinking about um, before you, you know, just reject them or whatever like that. So um, I think the best way to deal with it is um, just continue, like, to communicate beforehand you can even ask somebody, you know, as you're dating them, you know, what's your thought on Valentine's Day? Are you somebody who celebrates it? Are you somebody who is really into it? You know, uh, you know, is that something that you're into? You know, some people don't like anything because they're like, oh, it's a retail holiday or whatever like that. I'm just a real big person. I, I love love. So I'm always trying to figure out ways to show people love. And like I said, that's, it's not always romantic. It can be my family, my friends, you know, anything that shows show love and show happiness and enjoy like you know that's a that's a great opportunity even if it's a man-made day um i think it's, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for that so you know shout out i hope that you didn't get rejected this valentine's day <laughs> coming up and i know that you know that um hopefully that you know you can uh, communicate with this guy that you're dating Rhonda, that you know he um you, you kind of get his perspective on what he feels about it and you guys can navigate that together all right, so happy Valentine's Day to you, you know, down there in Houston, Texas. I hope it's cool, cool, warm or something like that down there. I don't know. So, let, you know, blessings to you, all right? Okay, so the next question we have, um, number six is from Michelle from Washington, D.C. Michelle. Is it Michelle Obama? Yo, Michelle Obama, she a friend of the pod, man. <laughs> we gonna, man, we gonna, this gonna go to a different level, boy. I tell you what. Um, all right, so Michelle asks, when you get in a disagreement 
with your significant other. Hope it's not Barack, because, you know, I don't want y'all to do that now. All right. How do you move forward without wounded feelings? Hmm. Whew. Great question. So I think when you get into a disagreement, first of all, everything should always be proactive. I believe in proactive dating, right? Proactive dating. Because if you're doing every, dealing with everything in a reactive fashion, you're always playing catch-up. You're always playing catch-up. And nobody likes playing catch-up, right? It's like getting behind on bills. Like, it's, it's frustrating. It's like, what's going on? You know, if you could be proactive and pay bills before time and everything, you could. You feel good about it. You have, you're more in control of things, of your destiny. So, first thing I would say when it goes to your question as far as, you know, in a, getting into a disagreement with, of a, with a significant other, um, how do you move forward without your wounded feelings? The question is asked. I think the key ingredient is asking people how they disagree, right? So what is it that you're doing, you know, when it comes to when you get upset, like how, how does that go? Like when you get upset, are you like, do you lash out? Do you like need space? Do you need time? Do you want to talk about it right away? Do you shut down? Like how, when you get upset or you have a disagreement in the past, how do you move? Right. We gotta, we gotta see how people move before we can make an, uh, a decision on whether, first of all, we can deal with that and go on with that person. So I think that's the first thing. So then when, when you find out how they move and they find out how you move, then we both can make an informed decision and say, you know what? I don't think that's that's for me or, you know what? I can I can deal with that, right? Maybe it's not something I faced before, but I can deal with that and we can work through that, right? So I think that's the first thing. So now that you guys both know how you argue and it's a, there's a thing um, called fair arguing in psychology um, and saying, instead of saying, you did this and you did that and this, this, you make me fit. It's more so saying, you know, hey, um, help me understand how I can, you know, listen better. You know, help me understand, you know, how I can um, understand your needs more. Right. So you put that person also in a posture of help. Right. So it's not all on you. It's not you blaming them. It's not you putting them in a corner. Um, I think definitely you want to just like focus on that. And I think also focus on, you know, asking. So once we've had a disagreement, you know, once we've had those, you know, I should, you know, also be the bigger person. If something got out of hand and you said something that you didn't say, you know, whether that be, you know, you said something to her or she, she said something to you that just made you feel a certain kind of way. Um, give grace and also apologize. You know, I think a lot of people I've learned more and more do not apologize. We just go on with life. We're like, whatever, deal with it, you know, whatever. No, apologize. You know, let that person know, hey, I didn't handle it the right way. You know, I didn't say this the right way. I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry for what I said. And here's what I'm going to do to make it up. Here's what I'm going to do to be better so this doesn't happen again apologize, ask for a way that you can make it up, and then put in a plan of action of how that's not going to happen again, whether that be like, I have anger issues, I'm going to counseling, or, you know, I, I need to deal with certain things, or I need closure, whatever that may be, you need to really um, own up to it so that you both can move on. Most relationships I've, I've ever been a part of um, and seen and coached and helped people with have challenges, major challenges. You got two people coming from two different walks of life, 
um, many times, sometimes two different cultures, two different ways of thinking. You have a lot of different dynamics at play. So I think it's very important that we, first of all, give people grace. Second of all, proactively ask how people deal with those things. And then third, apologize and try to try and find ways to make it right and have a plan of action how that won't happen again. Because I, I see far too often people apologize and it keeps happening again and again and again. And many times that's because they, they put no real plan of action um, in place to ensure that that doesn't happen again. All right. Great question, Michelle from DC. Y'all are, y'all, are, y'all are doing some great questions here. So, all right. So, number seven. What we got? Number seven, right? Um, this question is from um, Brenda. Brenda is from Chicago, Illinois. Oh, Chicago. Shout out, shout out Brenda. She asks, is as a Christian, what if I'm not physically attracted but there's another type of attraction, mental, emotional, spiritual. Should I continue to or entertain the date? Hmm. Whew. So this is a, I don't want to go into like the gender dynamics here. We, we know that men typically are much more uh, visual. Women are typically more emotional. Typically, there's always special cases. Um, but I feel like nowadays, women are becoming more like guys in some sense, becoming much more prioritizing physical way more than um, than the emotional and the spiritual and the mental that she mentioned here, right? So I think I'm always of the, of the mindset of prioritize things that have a long-lasting effect. And things that can change don't prioritize those things, right? So let's say, for example, um, Brenda, you date a guy and, um, you know, you're, you know, you're, he's all right, but he, you don't like his haircut, right? That can change, you know, or you date a guy, you don't like the way that he dressed, right? You know, he doesn't have, you don't think he has a great style. That can change. I always tell people the story about, if you look at Will Smith and Jada Pinkett, Will before Jada, if you look at the old pictures of Will dating his first wife, Will could not dress. In DC, we would call Will Alabama. Like, he could not dress. Like, his style was weak. It was whack. It looked like he literally just put on anything. Like, he rolled out of bed, blindfolded, and got dressed. I, but Jada did not look at Will and say, you know what? Uh, I'm not a physically attracted to him because, you know, his style is kind of, uh, whatever. She, she worked with him. And Will went from having terrible style to GQ Man of the Year. I'm trying to let y'all know. Is there any, any Jadas out here? Huh? Red Table Talk. Any Jadas who see the potential in somebody, right? It could be somebody's weight, right? I've seen women who um, were pregnant and were losing baby weight or had an accident or something happened. If you're attracted to that person spiritually, mentally, you know, emotionally, those kind of things, sometimes the, the physical, like I said, can change. People can lose weight. People can, you know, get their teeth fixed, get a new haircut or hairstyle or change their clothes or whatever. Those things can happen. Um, but people typically cannot change their character, the level of integrity that they have, the kind of person they have, the kind of values that they really hold, hold true to. 
those typically don't change. And I've met a lot of gorgeous women who had terrible integrity, who did not, who were not trustworthy. And I would not date those women because I don't care how fine they are. Because at the end of the day, those I prioritize integrity. I prioritize somebody who had um, their spirituality um, has character uh, that can teach me something that we can grow with. We have long, you know, um, we have long term success um, based on those things. So if you're just not attracted to somebody, I get it. But I'm just saying, if there's something that they can work on, or there's certain things that are there. And you have a really strong connection with your values and character and those kind of things. Then I would say go go all in, you know, and and, and just and just try to see how it, it it can work, you know. I'm not saying go all in and get a relationship, but date them a little longer, you know. See see what see what see what can happen. All right. This reminds me of insecure episode where you know little Rail was treating Molly well, you know. She wanted Jadena. She wanted Dro. Two men who were who she thought were more attractive than, than um, Lil Rel, but they were not going to invest in her. Matter of fact, one had a whole wife, and he was cheating, you know, with with Molly. So I think you have to look at those different things. I know we want it all, but sometimes um, in, in these types of situations, we have to just prioritize. I believe what you feel is best um, and has long-standing success. Somebody's integrity is gonna that's gonna last 40 years down the road, 50 years down the road. Um, so I just wanted to let you know that. Thank you for the question. All right, this question is from let's see who is this. Oh, actually, this is from a guy. All right, brothers in, all right, brothers in the building. All right, this question is from Lamar. Uh, Lamar is from Raleigh, North Carolina. He said, bro. How do I effectively end a date or relationship in love? <laughs> Lamar, when I was somebody, bro, he like, nah, I can't even do this even. So I think the biggest thing is how we end a relationship in love is making sure that we understand. We treat people the way in which we want to be treated, right? So maybe you're not connecting. Maybe the conversation is really dry. Um, maybe they just aren't the right fit for you or what you need in your lifestyle and um, as far as just, you know, the connection is off or maybe they're real negative and you're real positive or whatever, whatever that may be, right? Um, I feel like the best thing to do is let that person know, hey, these are some of the things that I really like, to, like about you. You're really cool. Da, da, da. I just don't feel that that connection as far as us going forward, right? And then make the determination if you see this person as a real friend. Or you see, or you just don't see it. Sometimes people, you, you can't be friends with them. You just, it's that they just, you just don't, they don't um, gel with your lifestyle or your life, uh, right? So just let them know. I think and positively, like be straightforward with people um, and let them know, hey, hey, this is what it is. But I appreciate everything, and you know, I'm going to move forward. You know, because it's not fair to me or you if we're not really connecting in that way. So I think that's the thing. Now, if it's a a disrespectful situation, I think you can handle it a lot differently. Um, you might not always want to give an explanation or, or have the time to do that because you want to just, you know, leave the situation where, where there's a, you know, disrespect or abuse or those kind of things. Then that's a whole different story. You just leave the situation. But if it's something that's it's like, hey, we're just not vibing or I don't feel I don't feel a spark or, you know, or, you know, I'm not really enjoying this person or have you. I don't think we have the same you know, long-term goals, um, then I think you just end it in a respectful way, be honest with them, and 
talk to them like you want somebody to talk to you. All right. Great question. Appreciate it, Lamar. All right. This next question is from Kenya. Kenya is from Maryland. All right. Kenya says, why do guys ghost women? Like my girls and I really want to know because we are all very dope. <laughs> Kenya got, I love women because y'all all be like, all my girls are dope. And then brothers be like, what about that one? That one, she ain't that dope. No, all my girls are dope, Brandon. They're all dope. So here's the thing. I think ghosting is something I've heard a, hear a lot about. You know, people do that a lot. They, they start off and everything, and then they just go ghost. Um, I think, to me, that's a character flaw with that per within that person. So somebody just goes ghost for long periods of time. It might be some deeper issues or demons that they're dealing with that you might not want to get involved with, right? Um, but I think once that person reappears, I think it's, it's fair to ask the question, what would happen? And you can determine if you want to continue to date that person or not. I feel like if it's a trend, you want to kind of get away from that person and go to a different direction. But I know, for example, people have gone ghost when they've had a death in the family and they were grieving and they didn't know how to deal with that. And you just met that person, so maybe you weren't... Um, comfortable, open to being vulnerable with that person or you're trying to figure some things out, you know, that you might get some grace with that person because that's a one-off situation. But if somebody who's constantly going ghost because he got all these different women out here and he's just trying to, like, he's juggling all the kind of stuff, you need to call that out and then you need to move on and um, get with somebody who's going to treat you like the queen that you are, Kenya, all right? So you and your girls who are dope, I hope y'all come to uh, one of our kickback uh, events coming up soon, <laughs> and we'll be the judge. I'm gonna have all my, all my fellas come through, and we'll be the judge of all your girls are dope. You know, because y'all be talking about all your girls are dope, and I, and and some of your girls are nope. Then nope, uh, no, I'm good, bro. I'm good. You know, so we'll see. Um, thank you for the question, and uh, hope that helped. All right. And the last question of the night we're gonna do is this question is let's see here. This question is from Brittany. Um, Brittany is from um, Fairfax, Virginia. And she asks, what is a healthy median between being independent and allowing a man to lead and exercise chivalry? Great question. Great question. This one I want to really unpack. So a good man, a decent guy, wants to lead. Right, God-fearing man understands there's some biblical um, references behind that. Um, the good thing is leading is not, you know, um, dominating somebody. Leading is not telling somebody what to do. They're not under your thumb. You're equal partners. There's a reason why Adam and Eve, if you look at the story, um, you know, he God took the rib because it's, it's side by side. It was not. He didn't take the ear so that Adam would dominate Eve. And he'd take a piece of Adam's toe so he would dominate him. They were supposed to be side by side. That's why the rib was symbolic of two people side by side walking together, right? So as a man, you can walk together with somebody and lead from the side. I think the challenge is now because of um, a lot of, you know, you, you guys, women are doing their thing right now. You guys are really having great careers. You're having great opportunities afforded to you and financially, a lot of times, you can do everything for yourself, right? Which is great. But I, I always tell people, sometimes people want to do something for you and allow them to do that, right? 
So don't always feel like, oh, you know, I can do this myself or whatever like that. And an example I'm going to leave you with is this. A lot of men ask, can a woman cook? Oh, you cook? You cook a little something? You cook a little something? It's not a lot of times. It's not about the actual food. It's about the care. It's the concern. Like, wow, she actually cooked for me. This is really dope that she actually would do this for me. It's just, it's just like, but even though that man can physically cook for himself, he appreciates that you actually cook something for him. Case in point, taking out the trash. A lot of women, you can take out the trash for yourself, right? You're physically able to do that. But when your man take out that trash, babe, I got that trash. Don't even worry about that. When your man clean your car, you'll be like, well, girl, he cleaned my car. He took out the trash. You know, you like that he did it for you, right? It's the expression that he feels. So allow, as, as you are dating or in a relationship, I'm allow that person to um, do things for you, right? And sometimes if they want to do it, I don't want to ever rob somebody of the joy of doing something for me, right? Just like they don't want to rob, I don't want to rob, you know, them of the joy of, I don't I don't want them to rob, ugh, I'm trying to say, at the end of the day, <laughs> you want to make sure that, um, you know, you're independent, you're taking care of yourself, that's great, great. But at the end of the day, I think you want to definitely, um, Give that person opportunity to be a gentleman to you, to be chivalrous to you, to to do those things that you know allow allow for that. And I'll, I'll just end it with this. Um, I was in Phoenix, Arizona years ago, and I was walking into a uh, I was walking into a mall, and um, I was about to open up this, this door for this young lady, very beautiful young lady. But I open the door for anybody. If you're a woman, I open the door for you. you know, I'm just that's who I am despite age or whatever so anyway long story short i opened the door i'm about to open the door she said you don't have to open the door for me i said she said i can do it myself i'm an independent woman and i asked her, i said let me ask you one question does the queen of england open her own door she said of course not she's the queen of england and i said and you don't feel like you're a queen and i just walked away <laughs> i dropped the, the 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 mic and walked away so i just feel like at the end of the day we have to live in a society where people let people do nice things for you or especially in dating let people do nice things for you don't rob them of that joy of that experience it's great that you're independent um but at the same time you know i think you know appreciate certain things if somebody wants to do that for you like hey you know what i can fix that for you don't worry about that don't be like oh no i got it you know like let, let, let a brother do that because he, he might feel good about it so all right y'all this is it Happy Valentine's week. You know, I hope that you guys are with somebody to love. Even if it's not, it's not your bae, it's your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your cousin and them. And y'all have an unbelievable time. It's really important to do something or call somebody that you, that you care about and let them know that you love them uh, this week. All right? Peace. And we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Kickback Conversations. I'm your boy, Brandon Scott, and we're out.